Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we, we, uh, we're going to continue um, in a couple of moments' time through our journey to Jesus' lifestyle. We'll be finishing that next Sunday morning. And uh, it's been awesome jumping into Matthew chapter 5 through to Matthew chapter 7. It's been great. Really, really uh, been enjoying um, the journey. Just wanted to encourage or exhort you about next Sunday morning. Um, we, uh, we have, often we get opportunities to people uh, ring and say, can we come and speak in the church and, and uh, people want to come and, and share what they do, etc. Um, and we had um, um, Damien from um, Destiny Rescue, um, the organisation, contacts about three weeks ago and we knew September was going to be a, a big month, but for us it was like a no-brainer. How could we not? Have somebody like him come and talk about real life stories of going into brothels and rescuing children. That's the whole, you, you, you get the name Destiny Rescue, rescuing those children's destiny. Amen. And so I want to encourage you next Sunday morning, it's a BYF event. That's bring your friends. Amen. It's a BYF event. Encourage you. This is something that you can talk to your friends about. This is something that people outside of um, um, the Christian faith still get and are passionate about. So I do encourage you next Sunday morning with that. Uh, we'll be receiving an offering on the day. I'm believing God for $10,000 to go to Destiny Rescue next Sunday morning. Amen? Why not? <laughs> That's, that clap's like, oh, do I have to give? <laughs> it's like, what an opportunity to give. Amen? And so he'll be here. Now. He's the real deal. He's got the tats, the big arms. I just... just Tried to get a picture up there, couldn't find it, but he's like the real deal. He's, uh, he's uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the Rambo of the Christian faith. So we'll be looking forward to listening from him as well. Also to let you know, next Sunday night, we're having a prayer and worship night here in the church. Amen. Next Sunday night, prayer and worship. And our focus will be on that night. We'll be praying for our nation, asking and seeking God for the direction of our country. Um, at this point in time, we have um, the, the first... Um, um, born again, Pentecostal Prime Minister. I've never um, um, heard of that in my time, uh, but it's a pretty amazing thought at the moment with what's going on, but we need to pray for him and for the direction of our country, but also for us to be praying for the drought to be broken in Jesus' name as well. Amen. So that'll be next Sunday night. Really encourage you with that. You know, people stay home on Sunday night and watch 60 Minutes. How depressing. <laughs> or Gladiator. How bloody. You know, a whole range of stuff we watch on the Sunday night. Come to the house of God next Sunday night. Let's stand together in faith and seek God and see what he will do through us as we come to him in faith. Amen. So I encourage you with that next Sunday night. It'll be great. Um, also, just to let you know as well, the senior leadership team, uh, we're preparing um, for a, a whole focus in term four to bring the whole church around a focus of prayer for term four, 40 days of prayer. So we'll be encouraging people uh, to be a part. I'm, I'll be asking everybody in the next couple of weeks for the whole congregation to be a part of a small group. Amen? Everybody to be a part of a small group as we learn over a, a six-week period more about prayer and the importance of prayer. So we'll be coming to you to encourage you with that. But certainly do look forward to that journey um, as well, coming very, very shortly. Why don't you open your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to continue along this journey this morning. And the topic this morning is this, how to handle criticism. Amen. How to handle criticism. But uh, 
Before we begin this morning, we want to say uh, we're so glad that you made the choice to come and worship with us today. Our prayer out of um, what we're about to share through the Word of God is that you would receive something personal for you today as we gather around God's Word today. Amen. And this morning, it's my great joy to continue this journey that we've been on over the last couple of months, looking at what Jesus teaches us as his disciples about how we are to live, what our lifestyle should be like. Amen. And we've been looking at uh, uh, texts from um, Matthew chapter 5 all the way through to Matthew chapter 7, which is what we will be, be looking at today. We've looked at what Jesus taught about how to find true happiness. That was one of the first messages that we had. We've looked at how uh, to handle anger. We've looked at sex, marriage and divorce. We've looked at what Jesus teaches us about integrity, living an integrous life. We've also looked and touched on how to handle our money. Amen. Last week though, or the week before I should say, we looked at the most challenging words ever spoken and and, uh, I I received a text from Steve during the week and uh, there was going to be a a small group meeting on the Tuesday night and he said said to to the, the guys that he was inviting, what was one of the highlights or one of the most challenging things that you've got out of the Jesus lifestyle? And when I reflected on it on Tuesday night, I thought about the teaching of Jesus and the most challenging words ever spoken right here that I'm about to share with you. This is what he says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. The most challenging words ever been spoken are right there. Do to others what you would like them do to you. This is the essence of the law and the prophets. Amen. The most challenging words. If you don't think that's challenging, I don't think you're hearing them. Because we live in such a self-centered, um, self, um, self-absorbed, self-focused culture today that these have to be one of the most challenging words that have ever been spoken. Amen. This section of the Sermon on the Mount sums up not only the sermon itself, but also the Ten Commandments, the Law of Moses, and all the ethical teachings of the Bible are all summed up in our ability to be able to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Amen. Everything that God requires of us, every law within the scripture, all the commandments of God are fulfilled within this one commandment. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. And as I said just a few moments ago, this would have to be one of the most challenging words that Jesus has ever spoken and probably one of the best known statements that Jesus has made. It's uh, something that's quoted by people of every culture, of every religion. They say it in a different way, but it still means the same thing. So today we're going to look at how to handle criticism. And we're going to start with Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through to 5. If you've got your Bible open this morning, read along with me. It says, Judge not that you, uh, you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, or sister's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at the plank in your own eye? Hypocrite. <laughs> wow. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Let's pray this morning before I go any further. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here. Lord, you just don't want to give us a head full of knowledge today, but you want to touch our hearts this morning. You want to speak to the deep areas of our lives this morning. And I just pray, Lord, as we just begin to unpack these 
words from Jesus that you would speak to us. So I thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, criticism has been, become so entrenched in our culture today, uh, particularly through social media. We see it um, saturating itself through movies, uh, kids' cartoons. I mean, one session or one, uh, one viewing of Simpsons alone, never even go there, but just drenched with sarcasm and criticism. And the truth is we live in a highly critical society. But the question that we've got to ask or the question that we need to respond uh, is how do we respond when we are criticised? Another thought is what's the difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism? We're going to look at that this morning. And what does Jesus have to say about this subject? Well, we're going to look first. The first thing that Jesus teaches us is this, number one, that we need to distinguish good judgment from judgmentalism. Listen to it. We need to distinguish good judgment from judgmentalism. Jesus says here, judge not that you may not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You know, many Christians have taken this verse of Scripture and these words here and used it as some sort of blanket covering that we never judge anyone or we never judge anything. But I believe that this is taking Jesus' words here out of context. A lot of believers, because of these verses here, have become limp followers of Christ. They're not willing to stand up in righteousness and judge those things that are wrong or to say, say things against those things that are evil in our community, in our society, in our schools, in our homes or whatever it may be. But many believers have taken this as just a blanket, I won't judge anything or say anything negative about anything or any unrighteousness that I see. But I want to say this morning, Jesus teaches us to make good judgment. There's a difference between good judgment and judgmentalism, amen? In fact, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus speaks about what good judgment is. In Matthew chapter 18, you can look at it today, this afternoon and see there. We see that Paul spoke to Timothy about correcting, rebuking and encouraging others in 1 Timothy. We see Paul himself was not afraid to make judgments about false teachings. In Galatians chapter 5, he talked about false teachings and made a judgment on those. Or, or serious sin in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 as well. He called it out for what it was and judged it accordingly. Amen. The truth is this, as Christians... We need to make judgments about our own actions and even the actions of those around us at times. So the question then is this, what does Jesus mean when he says don't judge? Well, for us to understand that, we've got to go to what the Greek meaning of that word judge there means. And it means this, it's defined as to criticise, to find fault or to condemn. So what was Jesus communicating through this sermon? He was warning of us of having a judgmental attitude towards other people. He was warning us not to have a judgmental, critical attitude towards other people. We've all been exposed to the judgmental person. Um, in those days for Jesus, it was the Pharisees. They were always nitpicking. Ever been around a judgmental person, a critical person? It's life-taking. It saps the heart out of you. It just takes from your spirit. They're always criticising, condemning, nitpicking, judging, comparing, criticising. That's what Jesus is saying, that we should not be. We should exercise good judgement rather than being judgmental. We're not to magnify the errors or weaknesses of others. We're not to be fault finders who are negative and destructive towards others, but we are meant to be the sort of people that encourage and exhort people, amen? So that's the first thing that he was trying to communicate through that. 
But as Christians, we are at times meant to judge those things that are unrighteous or are wrong. Amen. But we are not meant or called to be judgmental um, or critical of other people. Amen. The second thing that he teaches here, the second thought is this, that we are to avoid fault finding like the plague. We're called to avoid fault finding. No one's like that. Fault finding like the plague. Listen to what he says here. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at a plank that is in your own eye, hypocrite? <laughs> Imagine being called a hypocrite by Jesus. Not, not that cool, amen? You know, Jesus often referred to the Pharisees as blind guides. A man with a plank of wood in his eye is totally blind. And yet he's trying to take away a tiny splinter out of the eye of another person. People that are fault finders are the ones who criticise others for the same faults that are in their lives. That's why Jesus shouts, hypocrite. And how do we define the word hypocrisy? Have a listen to it this morning. This is how we define it. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show on the outside and what we know to be true on the inside. That's hypocrisy right there. By criticism, we build ourselves up. It can even make us feel better to gloat over the sins and faults of other people. Um, critical people often love to hear the latest gossip. No one in this place like that. Amen. Glory to God. But critical people often like to hear the latest gossip. It makes them feel good, builds them up over someone else's failures. But I love what Dale Carnegie says. He says this, any fool can criticise, condemn and complain. And most fools do. Just let you have a look at it up there. Any fool can criticise, condemn and complain, and most fools do. The truth is that critical people are small people. Their lives are small, their worlds are small, and their words are small as well. But as followers of Jesus, Jesus hasn't called us to have a small world. He's called us to have a large world, amen. He hasn't called us to live small lives. He's called us to live large lives. Jesus hasn't called us to speak small words. He's called us to speak life-giving words, large words, encouraging words, words that lift up and build. That's who he's called us to be, amen. Not small. Not critical, not condemning, not judging, but large words. Amen. In fact, I love some thoughts out of Scripture here. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus speaks about our words because we need to continually remind ourselves how powerful our words are. Your words are powerful. You might be a scrawny little skinny thing with hair all over the place, or you might have no hair. But I want to say to you this morning, if the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, your words are powerful. Your words carry weight. Amen. You have the ability to be able to build up and speak and declare life over individuals. Amen. You have the ability to be able to bring light around people. Hallelujah. The world might be wanting to push people down and to condemn them and to speak all sorts of judgmental things over them, but that's not who God's called us to be. God's called us to speak life, amen, because there's power in our words. Every word that we speak is powerful. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, listen to the words of Jesus this morning. He says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. 
Not every intentional word, not every thought up word, not every premeditated word. He says that every idle word that a man or woman will speak will have to give an account for. Hallelujah. Your words carry such life. Why don't you this week use them? Amen. To build up, to bless, to encourage, to change someone's day, to change someone's world, to change someone's mindset, simply by understanding the power that you possess in the words that you speak. Hallelujah. Your words are so powerful. Proverbs chapter 18, it says this. One of my favourite scriptures, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen to it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. The truth is if we're always looking for the faults in others, then without question we'll have a plank in our own eye and never be in a position to remove the speck of the fault from another person's life. So is Jesus teaching in this scripture here in these verses that all criticism is bad? No. I want to say this morning, Jesus is saying here that we all need to get help to get the planks out of our eyes so that we can see clearly firstly. Amen. Third thought this morning, and we're almost done. Number three, learn to give and receive constructive criticism. Learn to give and receive constructive criticism. Is all criticism wrong? No. In fact, I must admit, I don't like to be criticised um, as a pastor, but I come to the understanding that being criticised is part and parcel of the job. Amen. I don't like to be criticised, but I know that it's part and parcel. In fact, I remember about 14 months ago where we, we began the journey for the daycare centre and we, one Sunday afternoon we ripped up all the carpets and over a week there was a 10-year a te, a pile, um, um, pile of stuff that had accumulated over 10 years and we'd received some, some negative criticism about that. And you know, at the time, I didn't like it at all. In fact, it, it, really, it really made me not sleep for a few nights and really made me start to go, well, 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 God, you know, are we on the right path? And this is what, is this what you're wanting me to, to do or us to do? But, you know, I, I've realised this today, that if I'm not receiving criticism, then I'm probably not doing my job. Amen? What I've learned in my own life is that constructive criticism is incredibly helpful. Why? Because we all have blind spots. There's things in our character that may need to be addressed and criticism can be extremely helpful if we grow in any area of our life. In fact, I love this scripture, Proverbs chapter 27. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. True friends are willing to say the hard things to you. You rarely love it, but after it's been said, you're so grateful that someone was good enough, friend, to tell you what you needed to hear. And there have been times in my own life where good friends, mentors have sat me down and said things that I did not want to hear, but needed to hear. It was criticism, but in a way. And that sort of criti criticism... How's that? Yeah. Uh, getting too excited. Oh, hang on. Amen. 
Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So when do you receive criticism? So when do you give it or do you receive it? Good question, because a lot of us have the ability to be able to be very critical about other people. No, not me. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. No way, no, I'm never critical. <laughs> right. So when do you give or receive criticism? You look for what the motivation is of the person giving it. So when do you give criticism, feedback, or receive criticism, feedback? When do you do that? You look for the motivation. What's the motivation? I want to read it to you this morning out of the book of Ephesians. This is the, motiva this is the motivator. This is the motivator around what healthy criticism is. Because again, remembering, we all have blind spots, stuff that we don't see. But listen to it. It says this in Ephesians chapter 4. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up into all things who is the head. Listen to that. What's the motivator? Speaking the truth to other people, but doing it in love. A lot of people speak the truth, but there's no love. A lot of people have love, but there's no truth. Hello? But the motivator for us to receive criticism from someone or to give it should be from the basis of love. Speaking the truth in love. If love is not the motivator for that, neither give criticism nor receive it. Number four, the last thought this morning around this whole topic of criticism we need to sow mercy and kindness. We as people need to sow mercy and kindness. Jesus said, Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged with the same measure you use. It will be measured to you. Jesus is saying that we should treat others the same way that God has treated us. That's hard. Isn't it? But it's right. We need to treat others the same way that God has treated us. How has God treated us? Well, God's been incredibly generous towards us. God's not in the condemning business. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to what? Save it. The Bible says in Romans, uh, there is no condemnation to those who, who is in Christ Jesus. He's been so merciful towards us. We need to show others the same level. In fact, I, want, I love what Martin Luther King says. He says, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude, an attitude of the heart. In fact, I love this last thought about how God uh, treats us. Um, it's in uh, the, the um, oh, excuse me, I'll just turn to it this morning. It's in the book of Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 22, it says this, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. Towards who? Towards us. Uh, I've got new glasses, but I'm finding it difficult. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Listen to that, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. God's faithfulness, God's goodness is poured out towards us every day. That's why Jesus there really challenges us to make sure that in the same way, and we understand the same way that we judge others is the same way that we will be judged as well. 
in attitude, in word, in actions, and in deed as well. Last scripture. Luke chapter 6.38, the whole thought about sowing and reaping. He says, Jesus, in this text, he says, give and it will be given to you. We like that bit. Yep. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, it will be poured into your lap. Talk about an overflow. Isn't that awesome? But listen, this is the kicker here. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Gosh. So if I'm not forgiving and loving towards my brother or sister, and in particular in the house of God, how I treat them ultimately will be the way that God will look and view me as well. Wow. That's enormous. Isn't it huge when you think about that? That's why God wants his house to be full of love. Full of love. Hallelujah. Does it mean we're all perfect? I mean we never have a bad hair day? I, I can't. Does it mean we, we always get it right? No. But you know what? I just, I just love our congregation. I think it's, we are just an amazing group of people. Seriously. Week in, week out, year in, year out. Loving God, loving each other, loving the community, serving one another. I mean, if I, I wish I could have got slow-mo last week for all those, all those people walking in and out and doing... You had to be here to believe it. And the encouragement and the love in the midst of all that was just phenomenal. So for with the same measure you use, we measured back to you. This is why Jesus warns us not to judge and to criticise others, because with the same measure, God will judge us. Could we just bow our heads and close our eyes this morning? Father, we thank you. God, we do. We, we just thank you. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for the gift of eternal life. We thank you this morning for our salvation, Lord. Thank you for your blessing upon our families, Lord. God, there are so many reasons for us to be thankful to you. But for most of all, thank you for your great love towards us. You love us with an everlasting love. And we thank you this morning. Just so I conclude today, just to ask you a few questions around this area of how to deal with criticism. First thought is this. Have you allowed a critical heart to set in? Have you become critical? Rather than being encouraging and uplifting, have you allowed a critical heart to set in? Second question I felt God wanted to ask people this morning, are there people that you've become critical of? You just find yourself continually throwing words of criticism in that direction. If, ha if you have today, God wants you to stop. Third question this morning is this, is God calling you to speak the truth in love to someone? Is God calling you to be courageous enough to speak the truth in love to them today. If you allowed a critical heart, people you become critical of, is God calling you to speak the truth to someone? While every head's bowed and eyes closed today, I don't know every person in this building today, but I just want to give you an opportunity today. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Saviour, 
You've never asked God to forgive you of your sin. You've never committed your life to following him, to making him Lord of your life. And I want to give you an opportunity in just a, a few seconds time. Jesus said in John chapter 3, Unless a man or woman is born again, they shall be no means see or enter the kingdom of God. To be born again means to commit your life to Christ. To be born again means to ask God to forgive you of your sins. To be born again means to follow Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. And he promises that if you do that, then the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life is yours. While every head's bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, as I look across this building, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here this morning, you say, yes, Shane, I would love to receive Jesus as my Savior. I would love to be born again. Would you raise your hand right now so I can see it nice and high? If there's anyone like that this morning, God, we thank you. You're a good God. Just as I look across one more time. Amen. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you can look up.